guys can take a seat. Welcome to Salt Company. Guys, if I haven't met you before, my name is Abby. And yeah, like Drake mentioned, we are going to do a dating panel tonight. And guys, we are so excited. It has been fun to, to read the questions that you guys have and to get to, yeah, even just see what is on your mind, the, what, the thoughts that you have, the questions that you want to be answered about dating. And so I even just wanted to, yeah, kind of just let you guys in on why did we decide to spend three weeks talking about the topics of singleness, sex, and dating. And I think that um, our staff has just seen how, how these topics have actually been um, a place that can has actually been hurtful for a lot of you. And these topics have actually influenced your walk with Jesus in really big ways. So we think it matters to actually take time um, out of our weeks in Salt Company to talk about these things. And for the sake of clarity, I want to talk about, man, what do we mean when we say dating? What is our definition of that? And so what I don't mean when we talk about dating, what we don't mean is like casual dating, that, that you are just um, dating to have fun and there's no really end goal, no intention maybe um, in dating. But what we actually do mean when we talk about dating is we mean that dating is the intentional evaluation process for marriage which is also fun. And so that's the definition that we mean. And we know that even as Christians and those that are maybe, yeah, followers of Jesus and trying to do this dating thing, that it can be hard and that it can be confusing. Um, and so I think that, like, especially because this topic of dating, maybe you look to your Bible and it's like, man, what, God, what do you have to say about dating? But you don't explicitly see God's word speak on dating. You see God have things to say in his word about marriage and about singleness, but you don't see anything maybe about dating. And maybe you have the question of, man, how, how then do I approach this topic? How do I know how to pursue dating with godliness? And I think what I want to say to that is even though the Bible doesn't maybe have explicit things to say about dating, God's word actually does have a lot to say about singleness, marriage, um, and the pursuit of godliness, where we can actually take principles from those things and apply them to the conversation of dating. So tonight, this is actually going to be um, a wisdom conversation. You might have sent in questions, and you're thinking like, man, I want that black and white answer. I just want them to tell me what I need. I'm just going to let you know now that you're probably not going to get uh, a s maybe a black and white answer that you want. But what we do want to help you even learn how to do is how to walk in wisdom and be a critical thinker about how, how do I date with integrity and how do I date as I pursue um, a relationship with Christ. And guys, our walk with Jesus, following Jesus is a holistic matter. And so it actually matters how you date. That dating is not separate from your walk with Jesus, but it actually does matter um, how you date people. And so I actually want you guys to open up your Bibles to Psalm 111. So if you have a Bible with you, open up. I want us to all look at God's word together. Or, or if you have an app, you can open up the Bible app and look for Psalm 111. Um, we believe that God's voice is revealed in his word. So I don't want you to just hear what we have to say about wisdom, but I actually want you uh, to see what God's word has to say about this pursuit of wisdom. And so 
Psalm 111 says, Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. And so I want to I want to just emphasize and have us look at that last verse that says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. And notice that, that the fear of the Lord, so okay, we see that the fear of the Lord, so I'm talking like awe-filled respect for God, not like a shrinking back of like, oh, God is angry, I'm scared, but more of like an awe-filled respect for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but it's followed by a semicolon. And when there's a semicolon, there's two or more ideas are joined together, and they, they have of equal value. And so actually what we see the psalmist saying is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Semicolon, all those who practice it have a good understanding. So what that's saying is that, that actually fearing God and, and growing and walking in step with his spirit instead of um, in step with our flesh. And so I want you guys to hear us say that, that when we talk about dating tonight, yes, we, we are going to talk about things that we have learned, but a lot of what we're going to talk about is just what we see in scripture about the pursuit of godliness. And wisdom is found in fearing God, and we fear God by walking in step with him and not what we think or, or by ourselves. And so, guys, with that, I also just wanted to acknowledge three categories of people that are probably in this room. And so the first category of people is people that are dating. So, so you guys are the ones that are in current you tonight because so you might be that person. Or you might be another person that's like, I've been dating for a couple years now, and, and I feel like I've got it down pat, and I don't really need this dating panel. I know how to date. And what I want to say to both types of those people in that category is I actually just want to encourage you to take on a posture of humility um, to actually engage in this panel tonight and, and even invite God into it. Ask him, Lord, what is it that you would have for me tonight? What, what do I need to hear? How, how can I be not a hearer only but a doer of the word? Um, and I hope, you guys, my prayer for, for you in that category has been, man, I, I pray that, that you, if you are doing things that are good and godly in your relationship, that you feel encouraged to keep on going, to keep on choosing those things. But if there are things that, that have actually been unhelpful and maybe even hurtful in your walk with Jesus, that you would actually turn from that and, and make changes to your relationship. And so 
The second category of people that I want to talk to is those that are not dating or that are single. And so what I want to say to that group of people is please don't check out. Um, this is for you guys. It's actually a really good and wise thing for you guys to build convictions now before you enter into a dating relationship. So the, th the things that we're going to talk about tonight, we actually want you to think about, man, what are qualities that I should look for in somebody? Um, man, what should I start praying for for that future spouse? Um, man, if dating is towards marriage, then God, how can, how can I prepare even in my singleness um, for potentially a spouse one day? Um, and then, okay, so if we have people that are dating, people that are single, um, the last category that I want to talk to is those of you that maybe just feel, really, feel really hurt and broken um, by dating in this conversation. Maybe you're actually coming in and, and you are not looking forward to this conversation. Maybe you have just had really bad experiences in dating and it doesn't excite you to engage in this conversation. I just want to say to that group of people, thanks for coming. Like, I know that that is hard, um, but maybe, maybe you don't love this conversation because you've actually been the one to hurt somebody in a relationship that you actually feel like, man, I have made a lot of mistakes. I have blown it and I'm the one that's hurt somebody. And so I, I don't want to do that again. And what I want to say to that person is that you can actually come into this conversation. You are welcome here because we believe that Jesus has actually bore your sin and iniquities on the cross and paid the penalty for your sin and has risen and defeated death so his, for the failures that you've made, but he actually sees Jesus' bloodshed for you. And to maybe the other person that doesn't love this conversation, maybe it's because you've actually been the one who has been hurt. You've been the one who has, has tried to trust people, and that actually trust has just been broken. And what I want to say to that group of people is that Jesus is not only your Savior, but he's also your healer. That he knows what it feels like to be, to be treated badly, to, be, um, to have friends that have turned, turned their back on him. He knows what it feels like to be the one that's left alone. And so he can actually empathize with you and your weaknesses. And so bring that to the foot of the cross and entrust that to Jesus and know that he actually has the power to heal the deep wounds that you may have. And so I'm sure that all of you fit in one of those categories. Um, even for the people that are engaged, you're still dating. So you are in all of those categories, you guys. And we just want to invite you to come in with this posture of humility and ask the Lord, man, what do you have for me? And so the last thing that I want to say um, regarding the panel is that I think that I can speak pretty confidently for every person that's on the panel that um, what we have to say, you guys, tonight is, is just lessons that we have learned so all of us, either in dating or in singleness, we, we have experienced victories in singleness and dating, and we have experienced failures in singleness and dating. That actually we have made mistakes. Um, we've paid a lot of the dumb tax. And so we actually want to be open and honest about the things that we have done wrong to hopefully help you guys. And, and we still don't know everything. And so we just want you to know that, that, that even if we talk about, man, 
pursue these things, what I hope that you see, even the transparency in us, that we didn't do it right all the time, but praise the Lord that his mercies are new every morning and that that God gives more and more grace so that we can actually look to him and maybe maybe we won't always get perfection in dating, but we can know that we can walk in the light about it because of what Jesus has done for us. And wisdom comes from fear of the Lord and fear of the Lord is walking in step with him. So let me pray for us and then we will invite the panel up. Um, God, thank you, uh, Lord, for just who you are. Thank you for being um, our God who is abounding in mercy, who is abounding in grace, who is steadfast, who um, whose love endures forever, who is faithful even when we are unfaithful. Um, God, I pray that, yeah, even tonight that we would um, remember John 10.10, 10, that for those that are in Christ, the greatest joy that we have is knowing that our names are written in the book of life. And God, I, yeah, just ask that, yeah, as we talk about dating um, tonight, God, would you soften hearts? Father, it is only by your grace and your power that change will come. It is only by your grace and the power of your spirit that people will, um, yeah, confess and turn from their sin and turn towards you. And so, God, I pray that, that yeah, that myself included, that we would ask ourselves a question of, man, what does it look like uh, for me to pursue integrity and godliness in dating? And if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then, God, would you help us to fear you? Would you help us to have an awe-filled respect for you that causes us to just respond in obedience because we trust you more than we trust ourselves. And so, God, would you, would you help us to do that? Would you soften our hearts towards that? Would you help us take on a posture of humility? And would you remove distractions tonight, God, so that we can just, yeah, see you and learn from your word? God, um, we love you, we trust you, and, and pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Gons. Come on. Give it up for the people that moved these couches and chairs while we all <laughs> prayed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was amazing. Yeah, that was I was I was really blessed by that and encouraged by that. And guys, dating panel. This is awesome. This is gonna be fun. I'm excited for tonight. Um, as I open, want to say a couple things, which is uh, first of all. Um, so many of these questions and answers that are going to be had tonight are like, would, would depend on the person and the situation that we're talking to. And so we're going to talk broadly to things that are like deeply personal and deeply specific. And so know that we as a Salt Company staff, I said this uh, two weeks ago, Drake said this last week, Abby just said it. We like want to continue to have these conversations with you guys. So as you guys have questions, as you guys have specific situations that come up, please come find us. We'd love to walk with you um, in what you're going through. Also, um, in terms of crowd participation, we received a bunch of questions. So there is no way we will be able to get to all of them. So show us grace with the questions that we do get to, um, the questions that we think will be most helpful to the most amount of people, which again, 
we want to be helpful to you, so come find us so we can answer those questions. Um, and finally, want to say that um, Abby and I know that there are going to be more questions coming, and so tomorrow morning, 8.30 to 10.30, I'll say this at the end, 8.30 to 10.30, Abby and I are going to be at Gray's Coffee Shop. Uh, if no one comes, we'll just chat, read, our, read and do our own thing. We love to chat. So we, we love to that. chat. Uh, but if you guys like have questions and have that 8.30 to 10.30 slot free, come find Abby and I at Gray's. We'd love to, to sit with you, talk with you, and continue to answer your questions. Um, but without further ado, let's get this dating panel started um, and just hear from the wisdom of the people that are sitting to my left. So uh, for sake of introduction, yeah, come on, you can give it up. Uh, for sake of introduction, Drake. I, does Drake need much of an introduction? I mean, Drake, everyone, right? I mean, uh, we're we're gonna skip Allison for just a second. Uh, yeah, we're good. Uh, and then Abby. I don't think Abby also doesn't need much of an introduction. Uh, Gams, right? I mean, come on. Finally, um, guys, we say this a lot, we are a part of a local church called Salt City Church, and Allison is someone that goes to Salt City Church, and we've just like gotten to know as a staff, she leads one of our student discipleship groups uh, here at Salt Company, and we just appreciate Allison's wisdom, and so wanted to pull Allison in, and we like, we treasure the church, and so we want you guys to hear from people that are also older, wiser, um, and Al we trust Allison, so that's why we invited her, but Allison, uh, what, would you just give us a, like, how did you get connected with Salt City? How'd you end up going to Salt City? Yeah, I moved up here uh, almost four years ago and was connected kind of randomly with some roommates that had moved up here for the plant um, and started going to church with them, and I haven't left since. Amazing. Okay, everyone, give it up for Allison. Wait, r really quick. Can yeah. I just say one very fast thing about Allison? She said to me before the service started, it's kind of funny to think about how I have prayed for more people in this room than I have actually ever met. Wow. That explains who Allison is. So just wanted to add that. Yeah. <laughs> guys, Al Allison's awesome. Uh, Allison, I'm not sure if you're going to hang out after, but guys, ask Allison questions. <laughs> she, she's killer. So, um, Let's, guys, let's jump in. Uh, so before we jump in to dating, week one of the series was singleness. Um, Abby, start it out. How does God, like, does God call people to singleness for life? Is that just a season that we're in? And how, how would you know if God was calling you to singleness for life? Um, well, if, if you are single, he is calling you to singleness today. Um, I, I've been listening to a lot of Elizabeth Elliot, and she had something sweet to say about this, that, that, okay, if God gives us our daily bread, um, if you are single, then, then God is calling you to singleness. I think we, like, want to, to add on that, like, for life, because we, we want to prepare for what God might have, but I think what I would say to the person that is asking that question is that you don't need to ask that question because what it, the reality is is that if you're single, then he's calling you to singleness. And so what I would say to you is, is man, if you desire to, to be married or to be in a relationship, 
I think the best thing you can do is actually offer up that desire to the Lord and, and thank him for the state that he has you, which is singleness, and ask him to help you know, man, how do I use this for, for my good and for your glory? Yeah, Allison, anything you'd add on to that? Yeah, I, so I am single, and one thing that has been really cool is being single is still an opportunity to practice for dating. You get to practice being faithful to the Lord, and you get to practice being content where you are, and you get to practice loving people in community, and there are so many things that you can do while you're single that you get to do when you're married. They just look different, but it's still glorifying to God, and it's still growing yourself and pushing yourself and you'll be better prepared when you are in a relationship or when you are married if you're practicing those things while you're single so singleness is not like a stage to just rush through but it's a blessing and it's um, a gift to get to engage in that well so just really quickly talk that out Allison you said there are things that you can do in marriage that you can also like do and start practicing in singleness, in your life, like what are, what are some of those things that's like a married person or a dating person can do this, I'm single, I can do this, and I, maybe differently, but can still like pursue it and pursue it well. Yeah, there's some really tangible ones, even like confrontation. Like I have roommates and we don't always get along. And I think that in marriage you don't always get along. <laughs> and so you get to practice like what does loving confrontation look like and what does it look like to encourage and spur one another on in their faith? Um, what does it look like to serve one another? What does it look like to um, just love one another well when someone's not in a good mood? Um, you get a lot of opportunities, and especially as college students, when you're living with roommates, like this is an opportunity to learn how to do that well in an environment that you're already in. You don't have to move yourself to a different place to learn how to do this. That was, that was a bomb answer. <laughs> Almost everyone in the room, I would guess, has a roommate. So you want to practice for marriage, have hard conversations, and love people when they're hard to love. That's good. Um, how can we how can we fight for contentment in, um, in singleness? Or maybe even like we're in a relationship and we want to be in the next phase of the relationship, whether that's engagement or marriage. How do we fight for contentment with where God has us right now? Yeah, I think, I think again, just like I think about it is, it is not wrong to desire marriage and to desire something that maybe you don't have yet, but what is wrong is to let that desire lead you to, like, not trust God and to be discontent with your circumstances and what you're at, because what that, in some ways, what that discontentment says is that I know better than God does, and he's not giving me what is actually good for me, and so, again, I think I would say, man, Admit that desire to the Lord and surrender it to him to say, God, I, I can actually give this desire to you and admit it, but then trust you to say, you haven't given me this yet, and you, you don't withhold anything good from those who walk uprightly, and so I can trust that if I don't have this yet, it's actually good for me. Mm. Yeah, Drake, how, like we throw out the word idol a lot. How do we know when a current relationship or a future relationship is becoming an idol? How do we fight that? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I think to add even to the contentment piece a little bit, um, if you're not content in the season that you're in, you won't be content in that one that you're looking to either. Because the issue isn't the season you're in. The issue is that a lack of contentment in your heart to Christ. Mm. And so I think um, when it comes to how do you yeah, make that not an idol in your life, I think you have to pull community around you and not make it this isolated thing. But you're actually, you're like, dating within community or you're single within community and you're you're confessing those struggles you're being honest about those things because when you confess those you're able to look back at the more beautiful thing which is jesus himself and you're able to redirect your gaze to him and see what you've been missing out on because you've been seeking this other thing so i would say community and honestly just being real like if it is something that you feel like is consuming your mind that like when you lay your head down at night it's the last thing that you think about like something that directs your emotions like you're emotions are determined by how well this is going or how bad it's going. Like some of those things are things that you just need to be real with the people around you and confess that in order for you to redirect your eyes to Jesus. So. Can I read a quote really quick? Um, there's this really sweet lady named Ruth Knudsen, um, and she said, God has created us with legitimate longings that can only be completely filled by him. Denying or suppressing our longings is neither effective nor spiritual. That's denying God's beautiful creation. But what we do with our longings is crucial. Trying to meet them on our own in any way will very likely be sin. And so I think it's just important to remember in idolatry, it's like one very practical thing I've done is if there's a person and I notice like, oh, I'm thinking about this person a lot, then I stop and I'm like, Lord, thank you for creating them. Thank you that they love you. Bless their day. And I try and move on because it's like, they're God's son, they're God's daughter, and I need to respect them as that and um, not put them in a place where only God belongs. Yeah, that's good. Guys, you're lonely. Like, if you feel like I'm lonely and a relationship would solve my loneliness, there's nothing more lonely than being married to someone and still feeling lonely, right? Like, going to bed feeling lonely and you're falling asleep next to someone else. That's, like, that's loneliness. So you getting into a relationship or you getting married won't actually solve the loneliness that you feel in your life. Um, okay, so we're going to kind of jump from singleness to maybe just like practical tips that don't really fall in a super specific category, but let's like rapid fire these quickly. Um, Abby, really quickly, you could probably spend a lot of time on this. Should, this was a question, should I be mindful of the way I dress and how it pertains to who I attract? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's in some ways talking about modesty. And like on the topic of modesty, I think that well-intentioned in, well people talk about the fruit of, of modesty instead of the heart change or the, the heart matter. And so I would say, ask yourself why. <laughs> like, like it, it's actually a matter of the heart and idolatry. And so could say a lot of more things, but I think that, yeah, if you're wearing, like, whatever you're doing, saying, how you're acting, it's not just about what you wear, but ask yourself why you're doing that, and is it for somebody else, or is it because out of a place of security of who you are in Christ? Guys and girls, right? Like, guys oh. can be immodest, not just, like, in a, in a revealing way, so to speak, but in, like, a, I, I'm seeking attention, and so, therefore, I'm dressing in this way to attract others. That would be immodesty with your definition. Um, okay, Drake, another rapid-fire tip. Uh, tips for fighting 
pornography, masturbation, uh, people can just like feel enslaved to that. Just like, what are tips for fighting that? Um, well, I don't know who asked that question, but I think the first thing that you need to hear is that Christ overcoming the grave gives you confidence that he's overcome that in your life as well. That when Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. Um, and you're actually operating off of the strength of Christ, not your own strength. The purity of Christ, not your own purity. And I think you just need to be reminded of that. There are a couple quick things that I think you also need to know. Four things that come to mind. One, don't try to fix it on your own. Because if you're just honest with yourself, like your heart is the, is the problem. Like your heart is the thing that desires to go after that. And so it would be foolish to then trust that same person to defeat that. And you're around you, hey, check in on me. Two, invite accountability into your life. Ask people around you, hey, check in on me, challenge me, remind me of truth, encourage me of who I am in Christ. I need people in my life to help me to look to Jesus and fix my eyes on him. Third, what boundaries do you need on your worst day? Like, man, when you're just feeling tired, you haven't opened your Bible, you're irritated with your roommate, like you're just frustrated in every sense, and the last thing you want to do is walk in obedience to Jesus, what boundaries would be helpful for you on that day? And implement those. Maybe you need to take off apps on your phone. You need to take off the ability to download apps and have someone else have the password. Like, whatever that might be, put those in place, because that's actually a framework to help you love Jesus. And then lastly, real quick, I would say, don't make that battle be the focus of your life. I think a lot of times that battle can be so near to who we are that actually it dictates everything that we do like it man how how many days we've gone without looking at something actually determines our joy or how we feel coming before jesus and so what i want to say is like don't fix your eyes on that every single day actually ask yourself the question how do i love jesus more today how do i fix my eyes on him how do i walk uh, towards him with my life and actually let that be the thing that consumes you let that thing be the thing that takes up your mind space rather than just focusing on how do I not do this thing today, but how do I fix my eyes on Jesus? So, big question. Can I add really quickly of, I think that when we think about pornography and masturbation, our minds maybe immediately think that that is a male issue, but not a female issue. And so I just, I just want to say this, that, that there, women also struggle with pornography and masturbation, and, and that is a good thing to bring to the light and to confess and connection groups or in D groups or wherever it is and so I think that it is something that women can actually feel a lot of shame about because well that's supposed to be that's a male thing that's not a female thing I can't I can't voice that and I want to say like yes you can because it's not a male female thing it's a sin issue and so just want women to hear Mm. like confess that bring it to the light because God has actually made available redemption for you too in that that's good Okay, so we're kind of jumping away from that kind of sub-segment of questions. Back to singleness. We're single until God has made it clear, until we're not single, right? Like, how do I know if I'm called to singleness? Well, are you single? Yes. Okay, I'm called to singleness. Like, awesome. But there, there are those transition periods in your life when, man, there's this guy or there's this girl in my life, and I, they, they get me feeling some type of way, right? Um, how, it, okay, why, why does it matter, 
when do I know that, like, okay, maybe, maybe I should, like, take the next step in, in this, and why does it matter who I take that next step with? Uh, Drake, why don't you, yeah, just start. Yeah, I think, I mean, the person that you want to pursue is going to dramatically impact your own walk with Jesus. And so I think the thing that we think about right away is like, man, does this person love Jesus? And honestly, if this person doesn't, it's, that's a clear-cut answer, just no. Like, because that person is going to dramatically affect your walk with Jesus. Like in Scripture, we see the idea of being equally yoked, and what that was is on two oxen there would be this structure around their necks that when they're walking the same way, it would actually keep them together, but when they walked in opposite directions, they'd be choked out. And so what it's literally saying is if you're pursuing someone that does not love Jesus, I, I think a lot of times the, the myth is that, oh, I'm going to, like, help save this person and make them a better person. Like, I'm going to ch be the change in their life. Unfortunately, you're not the Holy Spirit, okay? So you can't bring a dead person to life. That just can't happen. And actually what's going to happen is they're, they're going to choke out your walk with Christ. Mm. And they're going to pull you away from Christ. And so I think when we think about, man, who are we going to pursue in dating, like that has to be a primary focus. Man, does this person love Jesus? Because if they don't, they're going to pull you away from him as well. I don't know if that answers your no, question. No, that's, but. yeah, that's super helpful. So, Abby, as I think about, uh, let's say I was single, what should be my criteria for someone I'm thinking about dating? Yeah, um, I think about three things when you think about who what to look for in dating somebody and it is faith high character and friendship and so i'll just say one thing to each um faith do not bind yourself to somebody who is not bound in christ he just said things that i think colors that in um that's a dangerous game don't do it um high character um think about man fruit of the spirit think about um is this person, are, are words that you'd use to describe this person, integrity, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, um, yeah, ask people that know that person, what do you, how would you describe this person, and if, if words of fruit of the spirit aren't used to describe that person, character, guys, it matters, and then um, the last one is friendship, um, you want to be able to be friends with this person, to not only, like, love this person, but actually to like this person. I've heard that marriage could get pretty boring. No, nope, um, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. Uh, marriage can be boring, you guys. And so you want to be able, if you're going to be married to somebody, Lord willing, forever, you want to be able to just sit in the room with them and be bored and like their company. Um, and the last thing I would say about those three things is do not compromise on them. Hmm. They matter. And so don't compromise on faith, high character, and friendship. Yeah, so much of marriage is just like normal life. Yeah. So you might as well like the person. Uh, okay, let's maybe get in. This can be a really short answer, but just to make it abundantly clear for the people in the room. Let's just say I'm, I'm a college freshman. I've been dating this gal for two years. Maybe I've come to know Jesus in the last six months. So I'm, I'm a pretty fresh Christian. She's not a Christian. What do I do if I'm, I've been in a relationship, I've said I love you, we're like investing in each other's lives, but she's not a Christian. Drake. Break up with that person. I think, I think was what I was like, <laughs> that's exactly what I would say, break up with that person. Um, because here's the thing, 
I've seen this happen so many times of someone who loves Jesus and they think that actually that other person might, but in reality they're doing everything just to please the other person. And you can't try to pull them on that journey that you went on. Like, again, you're not the Holy Spirit. And so I think the re- just the simple thing to tell you is like, again, don't be in a relationship with someone who doesn't know Jesus. Yeah, that, that's great. And just because I think this like jumps back to Abby's answer of character just because someone says they, like, they love Jesus, like, oh, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm also a Christian, but they don't have the character or they're not starting to display the fruit of the Spirit. They're not starting to display life change. Then maybe we have to, like, reevaluate and come back and say, hey, character actually, not just what you say about being a Christian matters, but your character, the fruit you display in your life also matters. Yeah, and I would say, pull people into that conversation. Because people can learn the language of Christianity super well to play the part to keep a relationship together. But pull people in and be like, is there evidence of them actually loving Jesus? Because, yeah, that's what you want to see in order to stay with them. That's, yeah, that's super helpful. Um, okay. And what, Drake, what would you say to someone who would say, like, hey, we've been dating for a while um, we've gone too far physically. Like, does it matter if we can, can we like rein that back in? Does it, does it even matter at this point? I mean, to that one, I would just say like the normal path of the Christian life is when you, you fall into sin or when you choose sin, I should rather say, confession and repentance. You, you confess that to the people around you and then you run from it because you realize, hey, this is actually the more joyful life for us. And so, yeah, it's like, God is in the business of reconciling brokenness. He's in the business of redeeming sinful people. And so I think the call for that would be, yeah, confess that to the people around you, invite accountability in, and realize, man, your your broken heart, your sinful heart is going to have a tendency to run towards those things. So what boundaries do you need in place? Who do you need in your life to actually run after Jesus? Because that's what you ultimately want. Mm. So that's, yeah. Um, Okay, this is a dating panel. Let's, uh, Let's get practical because um, I'm looking at the questions right now, people sending in the questions. A lot of people want to know, okay, I get there's not a line, but what's the line? I've gotten this question so many times. One of you has written uh, maybe 50 times, is making out a sin? Like, you just really want to know. Um, you, That's the way to do it. Wow. <laughs> you really want to know, like, what, what they can They sent I... that in many times. I just saw that. That's yeah, it was a lot of times. I, I mean, thought he was... Joking, well done. Are you serious? Whoever that was. Someone, I, I maybe wasn't even going to ask, but you are persistent, so uh, that's, that's the last time persistence is going to yeah, win. No more. Don't, don't <laughs> blow up the messages. Um, but in, in all seriousness, how do we think about, how do we think about lines, physical boundaries? Like, I'm, I'm attracted to this person, um, and I, I like spending time with them. There needs to be boundaries in place. How do we think about the boundaries which we put in place? Yeah. Yeah, I love this. And I knew this question was going to come in. Hey, Drake, you said not to focus on the line, but where is it? Um, And here's the thing I know about sinful people, because, you know, I am one, so I, I get it. It's where we make lines, we also make loopholes. And, like, where where we say, hey, this is the furthest I'm going, we can still fall into sin because we're like, oh, that's the line. We didn't cross it. So something that was actually helpful for me that I think going back to what Gon said of like, hey, this is wisdom, this is discernment. 
you're not trying to get like a fixed line, is that there are acts of affection and there are acts of desire. And you know when you're falling in that camp, okay? Like you know when desire is more of the thing driving the action rather than just showing that person affection. And why I think it's important to operate out of that framework rather than a line, because you could take, yeah, kissing. It's like, yeah, you could just kiss, like, to say goodnight, you know, you drop them off, just to show, like, hey, I care about you, uh, this is, like, to show affection. But that could also be really dumb. Like, that could lead to a lot of sin. Like, we know that desire could kick in, but you're like, hey, we're just kissing. That, that was our line. And so I think it's important for us to grow in that sense of, like, wisdom and discernment um, to actually seek for, man, I, I want to seek to show affection, not desire. And I think when you think about other avenues of life, you, you don't seek for the line. Like when you're driving a car down the interstate, you're not trying to drive as close to the line as you can. And if you do, you swerve back. Like what you're doing is you're actually trying to be in the middle of that lane because you're not focused on the line. You're focused on where you're going. And I think in a relationship, your focus is purity. Your focus is Christ. And so if that is your focus, you're not even worried about the line because you don't care about it. You want to know Christ more. So I think redirect the question and focus on who Christ is and how do we run after him together. Yeah, I think really quickly this um, – Drew Stevenson said, that, said something to me that was super helpful, and it, like, low-key blew my mind. So um, we think about purity in the conversation of even, yeah, just, like, this conversation on purity in dating – but what we don't think about is purity in marriage, too. Like, the, the conversation of purity applies both in singleness, dating, and in marriage. And what is true is that um, if you're at church on Sunday, Ephesians 2, the natural state of our heart is actually um, we're children of disobedience. We, 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 we want to sin. We want to go against anything that God says in his word. The natural state of our heart actually doesn't want to walk in step with it. We instead want to trust ourselves. We want to exchange a truth for a lie and actually walk in disobedience. And so the encouragement that Drew um, gave me was, hey, you in faith pursue purity because that's what we see that God that's what God calls us to in singleness, which includes dating. Um, so we, in faith, flex those. We work out those muscle, faith muscles to, to believe God when he says, hey, walk, flee from sexual immorality, pursue purity, so that we can, in faith, actually be bound to our spouse and to have sex in the context of marriage with our one spouse because what is true is that your natural sinful heart won't change in marriage and so you might want sex in singleness but when you're married what is probably going to happen is you won't want to have sex with your spouse but you'll want to have it with everybody else and so work out like like work out those muscles of faith in singleness so that you can in faith and you are sitting there probably like oh gosh one she just talked about that, and, like, there's no way that I'm not going to want to have sex in marriage. Like, of course I will, but, like, be believe us, <laughs> like, like, we, we want to sin, and so when God says, yes, do this in the context of marriage, we're not going to want to, and so um, that was really helpful and compelling for me of, like, okay, I, by faith, pursue purity and singleness so that I can, by faith, pursue um, relationship with my spouse in marriage. Yeah. Yeah, there, there are seasons where you just have to, like, fight for sex in marriage, um, where, like, in dating, it's, like, all you want to do. Like, this would make our dating relationship perfect. And then, yeah, you can find yourself in the inverse of that, 
when you're married. Okay, so rapid fire. I'm going to go rapid fire, like basic principles for boundaries. Um, don't touch what a swimsuit covers. Pretty simple, uh, but that's going to like, wow. It's great. I mean, like not, not, super, not super profound, but just, just don't do it. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm just going to say it. Butts are included in that. Um, I feel like sure. we, we sometimes like, like to ignore that one. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, sleepovers in dating relationships. Like, we're not doing anything. We're just sleeping over. Just like doesn't seem like a very wise decision in terms of, in terms of wisdom, in terms of fighting for purity, in terms of like we're, we're pursuing Christ together. That's like not something the Lord has given you is to like live, live with that person. So just don't do it. it you, go home. You guys probably like all live on campus. So it's probably a couple blocks. Go home. Okay, um, a, a couple other just like rapid, rapid fire. This one's probably going to be unpopular, but I think it's helpful. Don't, don't lay down together. Like, if you guys are both getting horizontal, again, not, not that it's necessarily for sure wrong, I just don't think it often leads to flourishing. And I'm, get, like, I'm guessing there's laughter because you know that's true. You get horizontal and things, like, if, it's, if things don't physically start happening, things in your heart start happening, right? Like, if you are to the point where you're like, I would really, really like to have sex with this person, and you're, like, physiologically, your body starts changing, you've gone too far, right? Like, it, it's funny, but it's that simple. Like, if your body is starting to change physiologically, then you have gone to a point that you're seeking something that the Lord has not given you in a dating relationship. Yeah, I mean, basically before marriage, like, that, like, desire wasn't meant to be turned on. Okay, so if there's anything that's happening that's causing desire to kick in, it's like that's a flag for you. Like, hey, we need to separate from this. I need to go home, whatever that might be. Yeah. But, like, just have the awareness in that moment of that. And, yeah. and make boundaries where, like, you don't have to make decisions in the gray. I say that a lot. So it's like when I was dating my wife, now wife, one of the decisions we made is we're not going to watch movies together, which that sounds crazy, but it's like, man, watching movies together, not always was like, didn't always lead to something bad, but it, it often led to temptation. And so our goal isn't to like get near temptation. Our goal is to pursue purity. And so we're going to find other things to do where conversations can be had where watching a movie isn't a part of our dating relationship because we're, tr we're like running after purity, not running after like getting close to the line. So that's like an example from my life of, hey, watching a movies wasn't helpful, so we didn't try to, like, fight through it. We just decided that wasn't something that was wise. So, yeah, either of you have examples of that that would be helpful? Uh, when Paige and I were engaged, I just couldn't go into her apartment. So I'd literally knock on the door, and then i just sit out in the hallway, wave to the people walking by. So that was just one, I was just like, hey, I'm just not coming in, all right? So Fun, Funny, but helpful. Like, yeah. don't, don't yeah. go into... Don't go into your boyfriend or girlfriend's room and shut the door. Bad idea. Objectively, really bad idea. 
yeah, uh, me and Micah made the decision to not kiss. Um, so, well, we made the decision not to kiss and then said the day we get engaged, we get to kiss. And that lasted less than 12 hours because we realized we can't handle it. Um, so that was just for us. Like, it's actually really helpful for us if we just don't kiss at all. <laughs> um, um, so in two months, we'll get to kiss. Come on. How cute is that? Okay, uh, really quickly, I'm going to touch on this one, and then, um, and then we're going to go to, to um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to wrap up pretty soon. But we talked about physical boundaries. What about emotional, spiritual, time boundaries? So I mentioned this in my message about singleness, but don't act uh, in a way that's not the thing that the Lord has given you. So don't act like you're married when that's not something that the Lord has given you. And so what I uh, tell dudes that I'm discipling is if you are not married, your D group should be like invited in as much as your girlfriend is invited in. So like we love to, oh, I'm going to confess this sin to my girlfriend or I'm going to confess this sin to my boyfriend, but I don't want my D group or I don't want my connection group to know that because it feels easier to confess to them than to a group of guys or a group of girls. And I, I tell them, hey, if like your D group or your connection group needs to know what your boyfriend or girlfriend knows because that's not the union that God has given to you yet. Um, time. Like if you're the type of person, if you're always free and your significant other is always free and you guys are always together, uh, I think that I would just say like probably not super wise. You're in a season where God views you as single and you can enjoy relationships with people that are the same gender as you, like deep relationships and deep community with them. Enjoy that during the season that God has given you and just be wise in the way that you spend your time with those people um, and, and the ways in which you spend your time. Um, and then emotional boundaries while you're dating. Don't, don't plan your future with someone you've been dating for two months. It's just really unhealthy because all of a sudden you're dreaming about the life to come for you guys and you're two months into a relationship and that's actually going to cloud your discernment of if that relationship is a good idea. Because I feel like I see a lot of people that, man, we've planned our future together and I come back at them and I say, yeah, but like this doesn't seem to be super healthy. But yeah, we've already planned our future together. So just from like an emotional standpoint, don't plan your future with someone you've been dating for two months. Do you have anything to add? Well, I think just, I think it's worth saying that this even like conversation on boundaries, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, doesn't just apply to people they're dating, but it applies to singleness too. Um, even for single people, like there, there are boundaries of like, maybe it's not helpful for you to, to be on Instagram and scrolling and fantasizing over the relationships that you could have or the, the family that you will one day have, or maybe it's just not helpful for you to have a dating app because you're again wanting like in a place, it's causing you to, to actually be in discontentment rather than contentment. So I think it's just worth saying like the conversation on boundaries is not just for those that are dating, but it's actually for all of us. Yeah, I'm going to be the unpopular voice in the room to the females. If you have a Pinterest board of like your dream wedding and you spend a ton of time on it, I, I'm just saying, like if that's, if that's like where you're living is I'm, okay, 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 bring it back. Bring it back. I didn't realize it was going to be that bad. I'm, I'm just saying, if you're like, 
if you're scrolling through Pinterest, like dreaming about your wedding, that's like not producing contentment in singleness in your life. And that's not leading to your flourishing. And it, well, but everyone else is doing it. And it's like everyone else is discontent in their singleness. So you shouldn't do it because you want to be content in, in the season that God has you in. That's, that's true. Um, okay, this is, this is how we're, we're wrapping up. Drake, let's say there are people in this room that they've been dating for a while. How do you know when you found the one? Right. The one. Um, I would say I knew Paige was the one because she's got the ring on her finger that I bought. Um, so here's the thing. I think when we use the term the one, what that means is the like, subconscious checklist that someone needs to check all the boxes to. And what that like, framework is that you're believing is, hey, this person needs to actually be shaped in such a way that fulfills all my needs. And that's completely counter to the gospel. The gospel says, hey, I need to die to myself for the sake of someone else. And so I think like, when you're thinking through those things, it's like, does this person know Jesus? Yeah, do we enjoy being together? Uh, are there people around me that are actually affirming and saying this is a good relationship? Like, when I was with Paige, I'm like, man, do I see high character in her? And is attraction, like, a part of that? It's like, yeah, it's a part of it. Was I attracted to Paige? Yes. Okay, but here's the thing. Don't put all your chips in the basket that's fleeting the quickest. Put them in things like character and how they bear the image of God that's going to be continually growing for all of eternity. Like, that's what you want to focus on. And so if it's like those simple things are being checked, and, and for Paige, I was just like, hey, this is someone that I can commit my life to, that we can pursue after Christ together. And so, I, again, pull people into that conversation and throw out your list. That's so good. Yeah, Allison. Yeah, I just want to say it's really easy to put some spiritual-sounding things onto that list. So one for myself I was very convinced. I was like, oh, he has to have a heart for the nations. I've done overseas missions. That's super important to me. And the Lord really convicted me of that. He's like, you don't think I can change someone's heart about missions? Like, he has to be immediately interested or you're not going to go on a date with him. And I was like, well, yeah, because it's really important to you, God. And he's like, um, I don't think that you're understanding how this works. I can change his heart and I will change his heart. And you need to be open to what I have for you. So make sure that your list is actually really spiritual things and it's not spiritual sounding things that the Lord can change. That's good. Any, yeah, people on the panel, any like last thoughts, tips, advice, think maybe like pitfalls you've fallen into and just like, hey, I want to say this one more time. I want to make this super clear so you avoid uh, maybe, maybe something you've fallen into. Yeah, a, a pitfall and mistake that I have made is um, in a previous relationship, just walking in the dark and um, all my friends that knew about my sexual sin actually didn't consider it sin because they approved of it and it was normal in what you do. And so, um, yeah, I, I lied for a really long time, uh, specifically three and a half years. And so that actually... Um, had a huge impact on my walk with Jesus. I kept telling myself it didn't. I kept going to church. I went to, um, I even took communion. I did all of these things, but um, my walk with Jesus was numb and um, dry, and it was because I was in the dark and living in sin. And so 
um, walk in the light. And man, if you are sitting there like, oh no, we're talking about dating, I have connection group this week, and maybe we'll talk about the things that the panel has talked about. Like, I want to encourage you that that First John 1 says that God is light and in him there's no darkness. And so um, you can confess knowing that the blood of Jesus is righteous and just to forgive you. And so don't make the mistake I made. Walk in the light. Yeah, I think I would just remind you of John 10, 10. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And I think that, like, when you, when you feel challenged in how to have a relationship, you have to go back to the scriptures and see the framework that God is actually seeking that you would experience life and have it abundantly. And every temptation towards desire and sin is actually seeking to steal, kill, and destroy any sense of joy that you have. And so in a relationship, you're seeking to strive for obedience to Christ and that that would actually grow and foster in your heart and carry over into marriage. And so, yeah, look to Jesus, trust him. Yeah, and I think for me, it would be if you are considering a relationship with someone who does not love the Lord, that is a very selfish act because the purpose of marriage is to glorify God. The purpose of dating is marriage. And so if you're dating someone that you wouldn't marry that isn't going to glorify God, you're doing that for validation. You're doing that to feel loved and you're doing it for things that the Lord wants to do for you. So I would just ask you to like think about that and release that selfishness and instead turn to the Lord and ask him to fill that space in your heart. That's, that's good. I mean, that's like, that's like, that, Allison, that's just like the gospel, right? That like, yeah, as, as we close, Allison, how have you just like found, just like talk through, how have you found just like satisfaction in the Lord? Because like I see it in your life, you can hear it in your voice, you're single, just like talk through that. Yeah, it has definitely been a process. I think in college, I was like, oh yeah, you find your husband in college, that's how it works. And that's not how it works all the time. For some people it is. Um, but I remember this one moment in college, there was a guy I worked with and I was like, I'm pretty sure I could get him to date me. And I just realized in that moment how disgusting my heart was. And I was like, I am just doing that for myself so that I have a boyfriend, so that I, you know, all these things that other people had. And it just shook me to the core. I was like, I do not wanna be that person anymore that is seeking validation in a relationship. I want to seek validation in who the Lord says I am. And he says I'm beloved. He doesn't see my singleness as any sort of detriment to my ability to do his work. In mm -hmm. fact, in some ways it helps because I have more free time. I have these um, abilities to just kind of drop things and go that sometimes you don't have in marriage. And so... It has been a slow process, and there are ups and downs. There are times when it's really hard to be single, and there are times where I'm like, Lord, thank you so much that I'm single. This is a blast. I love it. And so the Lord is good in the midst of it. When it's hard, he's good. When it's great, he's good. And that's what I have to remind myself of daily. And it is like returning to the gospel again and again that the Lord will fulfill me in all things, and that right now means singleness. In the future, it might mean marriage, but like Abby said, for today, I'm single, so for today, that's God's best to me. That's good. Guys, let's, let's pray.
and just end with that. Father, thanks for um, just people that have gone gone before. Um, yeah, even as Drake, Abby, Allison, and I were on the stage talking, there were people that went before us and that um, shared pitfalls that they learned with us. God, would you um, would you help us and give us discernment as to What's shame? What, um, what are words from the enemy that, that aren't speaking life? And what's conviction? What are, what are things that we need to bring into the light to uh, repent of? Not, not just to talk about, but to turn from. Say, I don't want to live like this anymore. And God, would you ultimately remind us that, uh, as Allison said, our satisfaction is found only in you. Our satisfaction is found um, in who you say that we are, that we, when we are in Christ, when we believe in what Jesus has done for us, are a son or daughter of the Most High King. We are beloved. We are chosen. We are adopted. We are set free. God, would you help us to live out of that identity, to know you more? And God, as we um, enter into relationships or are in relationships, would we continue to fight for that satisfaction to be found only in you? And God, when we find our satisfaction to be found in someone else, would we turn and come back to the cross, seeing that it's not about our perfection, but about Jesus' perfection and that we can walk freely in the light because he has taken our sin and our shame and our weakness onto himself on the cross and rose again in victory that we might know King Jesus, that we might be invited into relationship with the God of the universe. God, is that would that be the thing that we worship tonight, that we've been invited in? Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.